Welcome back to Break the Pretense All In at the Dinner Table with Brittany Young. This is our second episode, and at the dinner table, we're going all in about access to the vaccine and if you are at the front of the line. But before we begin, I want to start off with a little story about my trip to Disney in Shanghai. And you may be thinking, how does this have anything to do with the vaccine? But wait and listen, and I promise you, we'll link back to the vaccine. One November, I went with my best friend to Disneyland for her birthday in Shanghai. She absolutely loves Disney.、Uh, she's from Mexico, and she's traveled to all the Disneys in America. Yet. Me being from America, I have not gone to Disney at all.、Hmm. So I was really excited to go to Disney in Shanghai, and I wanted to take some really nice pictures to make a very memorable moment in front of the Disney castle. So I wanted to dress up really nice, and I decided it was a smart idea. It wasn't smart to wear knee-high boots. And my outfit looked really cute, I say, with my little Minnie Mouse ears. But I was trying to catch up with my best friend and her friends throughout the park, running back and forth, trying to get to the front of the line, trying to get there for the fast pass for the Tron ride, which is really great, and I highly recommend if you ever go to Disney in Shanghai. So this whole time we're running around. Uh, going through the obstacle course in these knee-high boots, looking cute but ridiculous at the same time. My foot is slipping because the boots are a little too big, and I decided to wear pantyhose and not put socks on. So my foot is slipping, and my toe is rubbing on the edge of the boot. And I'm sure you can imagine it damaged my toe pretty badly by the end of the day. So after that, I continue to wear heels and boots with heels and shoes that are probably not comfortable, but they look really cute, right? And when I went to New York to visit my cousin in January, I could barely walk coming out of the airport. My toe hurt so much, and I was an idiot to let that prolong, right? I didn't want to go to the doctor, the hospital in America, because I knew. How much it might cost me, so I decided, okay, you know, bear through it, put on some flat shoes, and we'll wait till we go back to Shanghai to go to the doctor, and that's what I did. And I went to an international、um, hospital in Shanghai, and even with the cost of going to see the doctor,、uh, getting the small surgery, and the medication with the follow-up, it cost me about. Two hundred to two hundred thirty U.S. dollars. It was inexpensive, you know, for something like that, and also for it being at an international hospital. The healthcare there is good and affordable, and like so many other countries around the world, they have healthcare for all, Medicare for all, that is paid through the taxpayer dollars, and yes. They pay a little bit higher in taxes, but they're getting more back, like they should. Yay! So one of the things that this virus 
has inevitably shown us is the flaws in our healthcare system and also the income inequality, but we'll go into that in a second. So the flaws in our healthcare system, we have seen that at the very beginning when people began to understand the coronavirus and learn more about that, people were scared about how am I going to get access to just testing kits? How can I get access to get testing? I can't afford that. I can't afford to stop working. And so that was a huge worry on people's minds. Also, what happens if I get the virus? How am I gonna afford for hospitalization and rehabilitation after that maybe I recover from the virus? I can't afford that on my current healthcare or I don't have healthcare. And now, jump forward into May, we are at our highest rate of unemployment as of April at 14.7% of the population is unemployed. And unemployment equals ta-da, no healthcare. So we're switching gears back to who gets access. Well, if we look back as well to the very beginning of the virus's outbreak, we saw how the affluent part of society were getting access to testing kits before people even could figure out how they could get access to testing kits as well. They were creating their own little private networks. They had rich people who were jumping on their private planes, going to their third, fourth homes to just wait out the virus, as was seen in uh, Trevor Noah's Daily Show episode recently. Even the White House right now is infected with the coronavirus, and they're saying that they're going to get tested daily, yet for months... For months, our governors across the nation have been begging, begging for tests. And we're told, get your own tests. These are ours. Seeing and hearing all of this coming from the leadership, just about access to testing kits, it makes you think, who's actually going to get access to the vaccines once they're made? On May 15th, Trump made a statement about his Operation Warp Speed and how they were preparing to distribute the vaccines once they were made to give access to millions of Americans. Just like the mask and PPE, he said, we had on stock and we don't need to worry about, and actually ended up sending 17 tons over to China. <laughs> And that is actually one of the tasks of, you know, Trump's Operation Warp Speed. They're supposed to look at who gets access to the vaccine first. And even when the vaccine's made, unfortunately, there's not going to be enough at the time that we need it to be made. Like, it's not like 350 million vaccines are going to be automatically made uh, and redistributed to everyone. On a YouTube channel called Asian Boss, Dr. Jerome Kim, who is the Director General of the International Vaccine Institute, talked about, you know, we needed to have this conversation about access sooner rather than later. And he talked about how the Global Vaccine Alliance and the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations 
are some of the organizations that work on who gets access to this and trying to make sure that it is a fair process. Dr. Kim had mentioned if it should be developing countries who get access to the vaccine first at little to no cost, or should it be countries like South Korea who have a control on the virus, yet they still have a large portion of the population who are not infected with the virus? Or should it be a country like the United States where the virus continues to kill thousands every day? When countries join onto these organizations and provide their funding, they sign an agreement about the fair and equal access to vaccines. Now, my concern for the United States is that you have Trump who is trying to pull out funding and remove us from these organizations that are helping to create the vaccines. And yes, we have American companies here who are working hard in getting the vaccine uh, to the American people, but then it goes back to access. Once they created those vaccines, how are they going to stockpile and distribute those vaccines and to whom? Because in one sense, we can look at how throughout this whole process, the wealthy have been able to profit off of a pandemic. They've been able to protect themselves better against a pandemic, and they've been able to get security from the government, financial security from the government about this pandemic. And the American people have been continuously left behind during these past couple of months. So how can we trust that this administration will actually make sure that this vaccine gets uh, sent out to the millions of people that need it? The people at the front lines, the vulnerable populations. Not only that, with already 14.7% of the population unemployed and without health care, if you can only access this vaccine by getting it prescribed through the doctor, then forget it. There's so many uh, Americans that would not be able to access the vaccine that way. But what if this vaccine was just accessed through like our testing centers that we have, the drive-through testing centers, or through places like CVS or Walgreens to be able to push out the vaccine that way. I'm not an expert and I'm just listening to the experts, but one thing that Daniel Salmon, who is a professor of international health, uh, he directs the Institute for Vaccine Safety at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Wow, that was a long title. So one thing he said was, we need to engage with the public now. You've got to consider public values. It's not all about what the scientists think. And that is so important. That message she sent says it all because we have seen through the past couple months that we are not adequately represented in the government. The government that's supposed to represent its people. Instead, we have seen how the big corporations have been able to get better representation. It's been socialism for, you know, the free market economy corporations. Yet it's like pulling a tooth with these people and trying to get help for the American people. It's like we have to fight them just to say, hey, I want health care. Hey, I want to make sure I don't get thrown out my apartment because a virus has made me unemployed. And passing the blame on others is not going to help the situation. 
I think we should take Professor Salmon's words of advice. We need to take the initiative and start the conversation of who gets access. We need to take control of that because if we don't, the people who are going to get access are the same people who have made gap wider and wider and have made it more difficult for people to get access to health care cannot sit on our hands i mean just look at whenever we recognize these loopholes in the cares act with small businesses losing out on funding we made that go viral on the internet and because we made it go viral and because we brought attention to it congress acted right? They made them return that money and not all of that money is returned. Let's surely keep note of that. All the money has not returned um, back and small businesses still have not been able to access that funding. And we also look at how we made the killing of Arbery by those two murderers who hunted him down like an animal and shot him while he was jogging. We made that go viral and now those men are after a few months, finally in jail and hopefully will be held accountable for their actions. So we need to use the technology and tools of the modern age to make sure that the 98% are heard. Because if we remain silent during this time, especially before the elections, we will fall further and further behind. We will not get access to the vaccines. We will not get access to health care. We will not get access to funding to make sure that if this second wave comes, which it will, that we are financially secured and we don't have to worry about how are we going to feed our families? How are we going to pay the rent and keep the lights on? So to end this all, remember, at the beginning, we asked, are you at the front of the line to get access to this vaccine? The answer can be, yes, you can be at the front of the line, but we need to come together as a community online, social distancing, of course, and we need to start this conversation now rather than later. All right, well, I know that was a heavy one there at the dinner table, and I hope you enjoyed your meal. So until next time, make sure you follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Break the Pretense. This is Brittany Young. See you later.